I remember early on in my walk with the Lord, and the Lord began to deal with my heart, and beginning to see Christ by the Spirit, and know Him by the Spirit as a young man. You know, I'm, I'm, to some people they still say I'm a young man, to to if, I, if I'm talking to Brother Jimmy Lewis or Brother Dale Grimm, they'll probably say, or Brother Mark, say I'm a young man. If I talk to uh, Sister Amanda, she probably says I'm an older man. So it's all relative to who you speak with. But the beauty of seeing Christ appear in you, if I could put the words to the beauty of it, I would. Because it's beautiful to see the Lord appear in His body. And to understand you are the body of Christ. The fullness of Him that fills all in all. And to know that your destiny and purpose is to be filled with His glory. That that's, that's your destiny. When people say, well, what's my purpose in life? I've had people tell me that. Well, I don't know my purpose in life. The answer is to be filled with God's glory. That's your purpose. Maybe maybe you'll preach, maybe you'll sing, maybe you'll dance, maybe you'll do all kinds of things. But your purpose is to be filled with His glory. And And it just moves me, it moves me so much to know the presence of the Lord, to know the reality of Christ, to live there and see such a reality. And to know it's available to the body of Christ and many of God's dear people, God's people, people we love and sincerely love and pray for, do not see this great reality. And and only look toward a future day, a future time. And when I say that, I, I don't... I'm not telling you there's not more of God to know. I'm not telling you there's not a greater reality of Him even in you. I'm telling you actually there is. But it's Him as He's revealed in us that reality becomes greater and greater and greater and greater. You know, if somebody could have told me ten years ago probably in my walk, in my personal walk, that I was going to live in the peace of God that I'm living in, I may have not believe them. I may have I may have said, Well, you don't know all the things going on in my life. But over time, over and it wasn't time that did it. It was it was the knowing of the Lord. Through the knowing of the Lord and, and time is involved But it's in the knowing of the Lord. In the knowing of the Lord, such peace came into my heart. Such peace that if I could lay my hands on people and say, have peace, I would go through the earth and say, have peace. Because of how good the peace of God is. Such a reality of that has flooded my heart and mind that... I want to give it to the body of Christ. I just want to minister His life into them. And know that the answer to the body of Christ, all the answers the body is looking for, is His glorious life. 
Everything we have need of is supplied according to His riches in heaven, in the heavenly realm, in the spiritual realm. So the need of peace is supplied by Him. The need of righteousness is supplied by Him. So I turn to see Him. I turn in my heart to know Him. And that song just moves me. And it has for years to walk in the Spirit and see Jesus. Because the glorious sight that I see by the Spirit of God is, is so filled with glory and splendor of the Lord that I want to have the words, I want to convince people it's so. But people have to work out their own salvation, as the Scripture says. And work it out with the Lord. Not work it out with man. They have to work it out in the Lord. That's what we have to do. But this morning, in the Scripture, we were looking at, Now is the judgment of the world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I had a little difficulty with the recording this morning, and, and hopefully in the coming weeks we're going to address some of these things, but, but until we get them addressed, it, it is kind of what it is. Uh, so if you listen to it and you heard some static, I apologize. It, it, it still come through, but it had some static to it. But now, Jesus said in John 12, if you have your Bible, He said, Now is the judgment of the world. Now. Now, when He said that, now, that was a long time ago, man. He said, now, a long time ago, is the judgment of the world. And the first part I could link to that statement is the Lord Himself. He Himself was the judgment. Of the world. If I take Jesus Christ out of the picture, then, then that whole thing is not true. So he says, now is the judgment of the world. And not only did he say that, he said, now shall the prince of this world be cast out. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all mankind, the King James says all men, but all mankind unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. So the judgment of the world, the prince of this world be cast, being cast out, and all mankind being drawn to the Lord is accomplished at the cross. It's in the cross. Without the cross, this isn't real. So, in the cross is the judgment of the world. Right in the cross. In the cross, the prince of this world is cast out. And in the cross, all mankind was drawn to the Lord. Let, let's, let's think on something for a moment. Another scripture, and I don't have it before me, but I want to... You to think on it. Another scripture says that no man can come unto God unless he is drawn of the Spirit. Jesus says, if I am lifted up, 
I'm drawing all men unto myself. So, it, and then in the book of Revelation, the Bible says that the bride and the spirit both say come. So, so now we live in a day where man has access to God. Because man has been drawn through the death of Christ to the Lord. And every man can come to the Lord. Whosoever will, let him come. Let him call on the name of the Lord. That's what the Scripture teaches. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because Access was granted through the person of Jesus Christ. Probably everybody that's on this podcast or Zoom meeting agrees with this. All were given access to call on the Lord. But at the cross, a whole lot more happened, and that's part of the work of the cross, but a whole lot more happened in the cross. And... Honestly, I'll probably teach the cross because you can't go beyond the cross because Paul determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So what Paul was determining to know in the church was Christ crucified. So at the cross, a judgment came upon the world. We can debate whether it's the final judgment or not. And we can, we can discuss that at a later time, but I'm going to say a judgment came upon the world. What judgment came upon the world? In Galatians 6, the Apostle Paul wrote in verse 15, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision avails anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. I, I, I missed the verse before. But God forbid that I should glory, verse 14, save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified to me. So here's part of the judgment of the cross. The world is crucified to me. Now as a believer, I need to look at that and understand what that means. I can read that, but... And I can say the Bible says that, but what does it mean the world is crucified to me and I am crucified to the world? It, 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 its definition is in the Lord Jesus, but the world is the cosmos, the orderly arrangement. And there's three primary words for world in your Bible, but right here we're dealing with the cosmos, the arrangement of the world. And it's crucified, Paul says to him. And not only is it crucified to Him, He is crucified to the world. So He's in an understanding that the world doesn't have dominion over Him. So the arrangement of the world doesn't have dominion over Him, or the arrangement of the world doesn't have dominion over us, who's His body. And, and that happened at the cross. That happened through the judgment of the cross. Romans 6 says, Paul says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death? 
Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. And, and in a week or so, I want to get to this body of sin. I want to point this out to you tonight. And want you to think on it, consider it, this body of sin. Is, that, is this just talking about your physical bodies? I would suggest it's not. But I want you to consider it, the body of sin, knowing this, that our old man is crucified, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Here's another judgment in the cross. He that is dead is free from sin. So now sin doesn't have power over me. Now I want to point this out. We're going to jump back to some scriptures, but turn over to, or I'll, I'll quote it, Matthew 28. I've quoted this a lot lately. Jesus says, All power, all authority is given to me when He raises from the dead in heaven and earth. So the authority that was over mankind is no longer there. The authority under the orderly arrangement of sin and death has been removed. And how was it removed? It was removed in the body of His death. See, see, it wasn't removed because you and I got it right. It was removed because of what He did. He completed the work. He took sin in His body and crucified it. Well, Brother Wayne, tell me where that's at in your Bible. I'm going to. <laughs> Romans 8. Romans 8. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did. Say this, God did it. The law couldn't do it, but God, but God did. God did by sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and as an offering for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned it. He put it to death. He brought judgment upon it. This word here, condemned, is the word, the definition of the word, if you look it up, means to judge against. So what he did is he judged sin in the flesh, sinful, and put it to death. In order that you and I would not live unto sin, but we would live unto God. Now, we, we say, well, I, I do these things in my flesh. I, I mess up. Sure. And I say, sure, you probably do. And so do I. But He is my security. See, He is what took away my penalty. He is what secured me in life. See, He did it all. 
He took away the penalty of sin, which was death, in Himself, because He died. So He paid the penalty because He died. He that knew no sin became sin. And by becoming sin, what did He do? He died. The death of the cross. And at the cross, He took away the sin that held me. He took away the bondage that held me. He took it away by nailing it to His cross so I could live unto God by Him. So, so I don't get free from sin to live to myself. This is what many grace preachers have taught. We're all free, free indeed. Glory to God, we're free indeed. And that's, yeah, we're free. But to be, Paul said, go to Romans 7, we're free to be married to another. So if I don't see that my purpose of being free from the law and sin and death is to be married from another, I'll just be kind of out here in this wilderness journey trying to figure this thing out. And that's where, where a lot of Christians walk, is kind of in a wilderness journey because they don't understand what they what all this cross did. And Apostle Paul says, no you're not, and I don't understand it all either, but as I know him, I'm seeing it. So I don't want to, want to throw, well, I see all this and you don't. That ain't true. I'm learning as I walk with the Lord. I'm learning every day. But Paul says in Romans 7, he says, Know you not, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law have dominion over a man as long as he lives. So as long as you live, you're bound to the law. So if, you, if you're not dead, the law has dominion over you. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the husband, the law of the husband, so as long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, you, say me, me, specifically you, are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. So, so here's the judgment. You're dead to the law by the body of Christ that, not just to be dead to the law, not just to live any way you want to, not to have your own life, not to have your cake and eat it too, like we like to say, but that you should be married to another, to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Why is this so important to understand? Well, here's why. If I think I'm married to the law and the law has dominion over me, what does the law do? It shows me I'm exceedingly simple. You ever read that? You, you go up under the law and you, and you have a mind toward the law, and even believers do this who aren't under the law. They get up under the law and they try to live under God by the law, and they find not a power in themselves to overcome their flesh. But when I understand I'm married to another one, that I'm dead to the law where I was held. I was held in the bondage of sin and death through the law. 
And Jesus pronounced judgment upon it. Jesus crucified it. He nailed it to the cross. He took away the handwriting and ordinances out of the way. That, not that the handwriting on ordinances were bad. They weren't bad. They were holy, just, and good. They were speaking of the divine nature of God. But they were showing me that, man, I didn't have it. <laughs> that's, that's what they did. They're, the law wasn't bad. As some, some preachers now are teaching the law, something was wrong with the law. And I go, no, no, nothing was wrong with the law. What was wrong was me. I was the problem. And He took me to the cross and crucified me and buried me. That He might come forth. And I would come forth in Him. Not again married to the law. Not again trying to live to God by the law. But that I would comprehend what Christ did. And I would live in a relationship with the Lord Jesus and the work He did. And I would declare it in the earth. Now honey, that's good news. Because I'm free from the penalty of death. I'm free from sin. I'm free from the bondages of the law to live unto God. And, I, and I'm not going to live unto God in my own power. Christ liveth in me. <laughs> That's what Paul says. It's no longer I that live, but it's Christ who lives in me. I do not frustrate the grace of God, he says. I do, I'm not frustrating the grace of God. Christ is alive in me. And I'm living unto God by Him. And when I, when I begin to comprehend that in my walk, I begin to understand that, Lord, yes, You have made us righteous because You are my righteousness. You're my life. So I can, I can actually declare You righteous, complete, and holy, and good because of the One that is in You. That You're married to. That you're in union with. And when you begin to comprehend this one, it becomes real in you. See, this is the power of comprehending it. You know, I, I, try, I tried to live in righteousness. I tried to have holy thoughts. And I won't tell you I've got everything figured out. But He does. But I tried to, to be a certain way for years. I tried and tried and tried and tried. I frustrated the grace of God to what I did. <laughs> And Apostle Paul understood. He said, hey man, I don't frustrate the grace of God. I understand Christ lives in me. I understand the power of God that's in me is the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and one last place here today. He says down at the bottom of Romans 7, maybe two last places, you know me. So at the bottom of Romans 7, he goes through this whole thing and he's talking about how sin works in him. The law says this and... And sin works in him, the law is holy and good. And, 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 he, and at the bottom of it, he cries out, Oh, wretched, wretched man that I am. Now, I want to show you something. He, he starts off this chapter saying, I'm speaking to those that know the law. So he's speaking to people that know the law, and he's talking about the working of the law in a people. And he comes to the bottom of this chapter, and he says, Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? You remember Romans 6 is the body of sin. Now here you have the body of death. So here you have that old man, that old man of sin, that body of death that was in us, that, that possessed us, that we manifested through our bodies. 
That's what we did. We manifested the old man. We manifested the nature of Adam. We manifested the mind of Adam. We manifested who he was in our bodies. But now, Paul says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's who delivered me. That's what he's saying. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Well, I thank God. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with my mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. And it goes right into Romans 8 and he says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. How is that? Because I've been delivered from the body of death. And I've been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of His dear Son. He rules here, man. Jesus rules. So the prince of this world that that had continually come and pointed his finger and said, You sinner, you, you dirty dog, you awful man, the accuser of the brethren, as it's written in Romans 12, he was cast down at the cross. The prince of this world was cast out. He has no more authority. He hath destroyed him that hath the power of death. That is the devil. He is completely, idly disrobed. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God, because our King has the authority. And, and many dear hearts don't understand that. So they walk in a conscience of sin and death when Jesus has actually delivered them from it. And that's all I'm trying to do is point you to Him. I'm actually saying your deliverance is Him. Ephesians 1, and I'm going to open it up so we can all talk, but Ephesians 1, I mentioned this in the beginning. Ephesians 1 says, Paul writes, Wherefore, verse 15, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all saints, cease cease not to give thanks for you. I cease not. I continually thank God for you. Making mention of you in my prayers. Very specific prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. The eyes of your heart. The eyes of your spirit. The eyes of your soul. Being enlightened. That you might know what is the hope of His calling. What is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? In the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places? Far above all principality, and that's what we've been talking about, principalities. Sin, death. Law, Adam, devil, all those were principalities. And they all have powers. But he raised Christ up above all of them. 
All principality and power and might and dominion and every name, again, sin, death, devil, Adam. He's above every name that is named. Not only in this world, but that which is also to come, or the coming world. The coming age, that that was being revealed to Paul. And have put all things under his feet. And gave him to be the head of all things to the church. Him to be the head of all. If the church got a hold of that statement, he's the headship. If, if you did a search in your Bible of the head, it's talking about authority, power, strength, mind, wisdom, all, all, all of that in the head. But the authority, he's the head over all, all things. To the church, which is His body. This is what you're delivered to. The church, which is His body. The fullness of Him that fills all. In all. Hello, all. He fills all members with Himself. That's what He does. And that's what you're destined to. And to understand His judgment at the cross is critical in your walk with the Lord. It is critical. Because it will fill your soul with life. Knowing that you're dead to the world. Knowing you're dead to sin. Knowing that these things don't have dominion over you. But He does. Well, I... I'm going to tell you all to come off mute.